Hello, my friends, and welcome once again to Declaring Liberty. I'm your host, Mark Pantano. Today is Thursday, January 23rd, and uh, I'm going to try to get to a few things that I had intended to talk about yesterday, but uh, I didn't get to because I went long talking about impeachment. And I'm glad I did because I, I got some of that stuff just off my chest. People have been asking me uh, my thoughts about impeachment, and, and, and I've been seeing a lot of stupid things on both sides being said about it, um, and the, especially on our side because th those stupid things are being said by our people so they aren't corrected. You know, the stupid things being said by the left, our people jump on and correct. But the stupid things that, that our side says, nobody corrects because, hey, it's part of the cheerleading. We're not, supposed to, we're not supposed to correct any of that. We're just supposed to go with the talking points. Well, I'm sick of the talking points because stupid talking points based on incorrect information and lies uh, just dumbs us down. And I don't think that propagating lies for any reason serves us well in the long term. So I wanted to talk about it few of those things. But ultimately, um, I don't care, again, about impeachment one way or the other. Uh, I would just like the whole stupid thing over as quickly as possible. Um, you know, given the things that I said yesterday, um, I nonetheless want this wrapped up as quickly as possible so that perhaps, maybe, I know I'm dreaming here, but maybe we might actually talk about the issues. Uh, although I seriously doubt it because we'll just be We'll just move on to the next bit of nonsense, whatever the hell that happens to be. Um, so I don't have much hope for that. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about Joe Biden immigration uh, and uh, that Second Amendment rally in Virginia. Before I get to that, though, here's what I'd like to start doing, I think. Um, as I've told you all many times, I think that our most serious problem, our biggest hurdle, our most significant impediment to getting anything serious done on any of the major issues, the most important of which is illegal immigration, our biggest impediment is our own party, the voters inside our own party. Because as I've told you many times, in many ways, we have ceased being a political party based on issues and principles. And rather, over the last three years, we have slowly morphed into a cult of personality, largely. That is what is now the bulk of the party. It's, it's, it's just a focus on Trump. Everything, everything that we talk about, all issues, every conversation is viewed through the prism of Donald Trump. Um, and it blinds us to the issues. Nobody cares about the issues anymore because we only care about Trump. People either care only about hating Trump or about praising and loving Trump. And that's it. And so there can be no honest discussion about the issues. And because of that, there's no pressure brought to bear on the president. See, I'm firmly of the belief having paid attention to Trump over the last three years, that he would be responsive if our voters in the Republican Party demanded certain things. If they demanded 
that Trump make good on his promises to Ill- to, to to end illegal alien um, immigration, to stop funding sanctuary cities, to build this wall in an aggressive manner, to get funding for it, to stop signing these horrible uh, omnibus bills that include p- funding for Planned Parenthood and sanctuary cities and all kinds of garbage. Uh, to rein in our spending, our spending last year, our deficit was $1.3 trillion. This year, it's uh, on track already to be more. We're probably looking at $1.5 trillion or more. Uh, this is the greatest spending president in our history, more than Barack Obama. And everybody on the right was up in arms over the deficit spending under Barack Obama, but now we don't care. Why? Because it's a cult of personality, and we don't care because now Trump is in office. And we're not going to criticize Trump. We're not going to criticize him for the spending, uh, for the failures on illegal immigration, for everything else. No, what instead we will do is make excuses for why none of that is really his fault. Well, he can't control spending because he doesn't control both houses of Congress. Well, yeah, but he could veto these bills. What are you? You think he's a dictator? And, and if he vetoes those bills, there'll be a sh- government shutdown and then he won't get reelected and he'll get blamed for putting people out of work. It's just excuses, excuses, excuses. No matter what the issue, if you point anything out, it's an, ex- you know, you all you get is the excuse. You point out the deficit, you'll get excuses for why he's not responsible and has no power to do it. If you talk about how he's not even deporting as many people as Barack frickin' Obama did, well, then you'll get excuses about how it's not really his fault, the courts won't let him, and blah, 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 but whatever the excuse of the day is. That's all you'll get. And because all you get is excuses from most of the people on our side, um, there's no pressure brought to bear on Trump. If, if rather than making excuses for the failures, if rather than that, we blamed him for not doing everything that he could and pressured him, I think he would do those things. If he was, if people in the base of the Republican Party were upset with him for not doing these things, he would do those things. And how much better would it be if we pressured him and then he did those things and then we could cheerlead him, right? Then the cheerleading would be justified. I'd join in the cheering. But no, we cheer no matter what he does, whether whether he does good things or whether he doesn't keep his major promises like on illegal immigration. It doesn't matter. Since we refuse to criticize, since we refuse to express any anger, as we have with other Republican presidents in the past, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. The mindless devotion, the excuse-making. He is simultaneously the greatest, most competent, perfect president in the history of the Republic. And also at the same time, he is utterly powerless. He has zero power vis-a-vis Congress and the courts. I mean, hell, for the first two years, Paul Ryan had more power than the president in the United States. Every single lowly district court judge has more power than the president of the United States. These are the excuses we get. It makes no sense. We are, not, we are not doing what we should be doing as American citizens. We're not. If we were serious patriots, serious patriotic American citizens, what we would do, vote for the best candidate. In this case, it was Donald Trump. I mean, Trump or Hillary Clinton, there's no contest. You vote for Trump. But then, like we would have done with every other president, 
you hold him accountable and you you pressure him to do what he said he was going to do. You don't make excuses for him not doing those things. You pressure him. You get angry about it. You send angry emails and letters and, you know, you express your outrage and demand that something be done. I mean, what more important issue is there than illegal immigration? We're losing the country. And if you're not going to express anger over, I mean, tr- that was the main reason Trump was elected president. The main, and this is what I get to. This, this one cracks me up. I hear this all the time when I bring up illegal immigration. Invariably, people tell me, well, it'll happen in the second term. He can't do it now. If he starts deporting people and arresting employers who hire illegal aliens and do all these other things to crack down on illegal immigration, well, then then uh, he won't get reelected. How the hell does that make any sense? He got elected promising to do all of those things. So you're telling me that by actually keeping those promises, he will get defeated? He won't win re-election if he keeps the promises he made to get elected? That makes absolutely no sense. I've never heard this kind of twisted logic before. You know, I've heard plenty of times that the president's not going to get re-elected if he doesn't keep his promises. But now we hear the exact opposite. He's not going to get re-elected if he does keep his promises. It's, this schizophrenia, this political schizophrenia is insane to me. And it's the reason why we can't get anything done. It's the reason why uh, Brad Parscale, Trump's campaign manager, is out there saying, oh, we don't even need to talk about illegal immigration anymore because we've already, you know, we've already won on that issue. Not that we've actually solved the problem. Oh, far from it. We had 400,000 anchor babies born in the United States last year alone. There have been about 3 million illegal aliens coming to this country since Trump took office. We have not virtually done nothing effective to solve this problem. Nothing. But what he means when he says, oh, you know, we've, we've solved that. Well, I don't remember his exact words, but, you know, we've won on the illegal immigration issue. What he means is people on our side think he's done all he can. And that's all that matters. The excuses have so firmly taken root that they think Trump has done every single thing he can. There's nothing more that he can do on illegal immigration. The only solution is to, you know, elect elect Trump for another term and elect uh, more Republicans in the House and Senate. And then he'll be able to keep his promises. But right now he can't keep his promises because it's he's powerless to do so. He's done every single thing he can, which, as we have covered time and time again, is not even remotely close to being anywhere in the neighborhood of true. Not even close. There is so much more Trump could do right now that he should have done on day one, much of which we don't need anyone's help. We don't need Congress. We don't need the courts. Nothing. He has the full power to do it right now, but he doesn't do it. But that doesn't matter. All that matters is he is not perceived as, as deserving any blame for the issue not being solved. He's done everything he can. And that's all that matters. So since most of the Republican Party believes that he has done every single thing he can on illegal immigration, despite that not being true, and they don't hold, you know, they, they hold Trump blameless for the failure to fix illegal immigration, that's a win for Parscale. So we don't need to talk about it. 
In fact, he can, you know, he can go out on the trail if he wants and say, I've done every single thing I can. You got to reelect me and elect more Republicans. You know, that's a, that that's apparently the talking point or, or will be the talking point going forward. But so that is the problem. The excuses um, and, and the lying talking points that have that have taken root on our side where people think he's done everything we can. So, so that's why we can't get anything done. What I'm going to do, and it's not just on illegal immigration where all these lying talking points have taken root in the Republican Party and prevent anything from being done. It's other issues as well. And so I am going to spend a lot more time addressing some of the stupid talking point excuses and arguments that I hear from people on our side. Look, you don't need me to come here and shoot down Democrats, okay? You don't need me to come here and point out how crazy they are and they're socialists and they're nuts and, you know, all that. You don't need me to do that. You have every other radio, podcast, cable news guy in the country for that. That's what everybody does. You don't need me to say the same crap. I, instead, am going to focus on the problem in our own party. Because if we do not fix our party, then we don't have anything with which to fight the left. And guess what? The left is going to win every time. They're winning right now. I know people on our side don't think so. You know, they're constantly telling each other that we're winning and Trump's going to win in a landslide. And whether or not Trump is reelected is the definition of winning. That's not my definition of winning. My definition of winning is, are we securing the damn border? Are we deporting illegal aliens? Are we reducing the deficit? Are we expanding our individual liberties in this country? We are losing on every single one of those fronts. We have less freedom today than when Trump took office. Now, much of that is not Trump's fault, but it's happening nonetheless, and Trump is utterly silent about it. There is so much that is horrendous going on in this country, and... You know, Trump has the bully pulpit. Even if he can't, as president, do anything about these things directly, he could do major good just by highlighting these things, tweeting about them even, taking two seconds to tweet something out, can focus the country's attention on some of these problems. For example, New York is giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens, one of many states that are doing that, right? And now there's a proposal to uh, automatically register these illegal aliens to vote when they get a driver's license. And it's incumbent upon the illegal alien to take themselves off the voter rolls. Okay, this, these are laws designed with one goal in mind. Getting illegal aliens to vote in our elections. Period. That's the only reason for any of it. Do you hear Trump? Now, obviously, Trump has no say over state law. Not directly. There are things he could do. We can attach money, you know, withhold money to states that do this kind of crap. You know, there, there, there are things we can do. But even outside of those things, just talking about these things would be helpful. I mean, even if just on a campaign issue, this would be hugely helpful. But no, there's nothing. We don't use the bully pulpit for that. Why isn't he railing against this? We have Democrats in this country passing laws to enable vote fraud, to disenfranchise all of us. Every illegal alien who casts a vote illegally in our elections 
cancels out one of our votes. The vote of the American citizen is being watered down and nullified by illegal aliens voting in our elections through laws passed by Democrats designed for exactly that purpose. And the President of the United States says not a damn word about it. And yet we're clapping like seals. Yay, we're winning. Trump's going to win in a landslide. You know, five more years of winning like this and this country is lost for good. But hell, whatever. If, if we only define winning by whether or not Trump is in office, well, then I guess we'll, you know, if Trump gets elected, we'll be winning for another four years. Meanwhile, we continue to lose the country. I mean, like a million illegal aliens every single year. 400,000 anchor babies. You know, every time an anchor baby, say um, an illegal alien comes over from Mexico on a Wednesday and on Thursday she gives birth. That baby, who gestated for nine months in Mexico, in the womb of a woman who never set foot in America in her entire life, now born, this baby is born in the United States, and the mother's been there for less than 24 hours. We, because we're fools, we allow that child to be an American citizen as, as a right of birth. And not only that, now that child's family has all kinds of protections and benefits. That child's parents are illegal aliens, but they're not going to be deported because the child is an American citizen. So now they get to stay. Why do you think they're doing it? They know this. Have your baby in the United States and boom, you can't ever be deported. And not only are they immune from deportation, but they get all kinds of welfare benefits. They get free health care. They get welfare. They Everything. They get the whole thing. And 400, almost 400,000 anchor babies were born in the United States last year alone. Almost 1 million anchor babies since Trump took office. And how many, how many millions of parents is that? And family. You know, say, say um, an illegal alien mother and father come over here with five kids. On a Wednesday and on a Thursday, she's given birth. Well, now the baby, the newborn baby is an American citizen. Mom, dad, and the five kids are all shielded from deportation. They all get benefits. They all get free health care. All the kids get to enroll in our public schools. And now what does that do to the public school system? Because none of those kids speak English. Now, our, now the American kids in those schools are going to be served less well by that school system who now has to divert resources to absorb those illegal alien kids and modify their teaching program to accommodate them, taking resources away from the American kids. This is a disaster on every level. But we don't, we hold Trump blameless and because we do, we don't put any pressure on him. Why would we put pressure on him? If he's doing everything he can, well then there's no reason to put pressure on him. It's not his fault. And because of that, nothing gets done. And this is what we call winning, simply because our guy is in office. This is the most frustrating thing about this, this period of time right now. We are watching the country dis be destroyed in real time before our eyes. We are witnessing the collapse of the United States of America. And our side, the Republican Party, is cheering it. 
and telling ourselves that we are winning. Why? Because we have a low unemployment rate and the stock market is booming. Talk about short-sighted. I got news for you. No matter who is president, now or in the future, this stock market is not always going to be booming and the unemployment rate isn't always going to be like this. We're going to go into a recession at some point in time and it doesn't matter what we do. That is the nature of it. And not only that, and I'm not going to get off on this tangent right now, but there are a lot of things wrong with this economy. This economy is propped up on an enormous bubble of debt and it is going to pop and there is going to be a reckoning. I don't want to get off on that right now, but the idea that, well, we're winning because the economy right now in this snapshot of time in time is good. That means we're winning. Are you freaking kidding me? Despite this great roaring economy, our growth rate is a measly two freaking percent. That's pathetic. Anything under 3% is, is not great growth. And then certainly you can't call 2% booming. You can't call 3% booming. You've got to be up in the five or six or more to even make a, a you know a, a realistic argument that you've got a booming economy. What we got is a booming stock market and an economy um, with low unemployment. That's what you have. Now that's good and that's great. It's not booming, and there are many structural problems that cannot be sustained and are going to destroy this economy. And eventually. This is all going to hell every, anyway. The economy and every damn thing else. Why? Because we are being invaded and we're doing nothing to stop it. Let me tell you, even if we erect a border wall like in an instant, like we were able to just snap our fingers and there were a, a wall across the entire 2,000-mile border and not a single illegal alien gets in. If that's all we do, we're still, we're still done as a country because of all of the illegal aliens who are already here. We don't even know how many, 30, 50 million on all the anchor babies, all of this. The forces that are turning all these red states to blue is going to continue. Even if we stop all illegal immigration right now, we've got to deport en masse and we got to start cracking down on those who are here illegally and the employers who hire them. We start doing that. We start taking, you know, cutting off welfare, free health care. Start deporting people, arresting illegal aliens, prosecuting employers who hire them. We don't need to round up every illegal alien. They'll, they'll deport on their own. They'll leave. If they don't get the freebies anymore and they're worrying about, worried about getting arrested and deported, they'll just leave on their own. We can't even, you know, we get nothing because we're so busy cheerleading. Okay, so anyways, one of the things I'm going to be doing more frequently, and maybe every single show, we'll see how it goes, is to rebut some of the stupid things that I hear. Because part of the reason for the problem on our side is not just the fact that we've morphed into a cult of personality rather than an issues-driven political party, but that it is it is so obvious to me that so many people on our side are completely ignorant about issues. They don't know the basics of civics, I mean, I know we like to tell ourselves that, oh, it's only the Democrats who are stupid. They don't know anything. Bull. We, the entire American electorate is largely ignorant on, on basics. And the Republican Party is no different. I see stupid things all the time. Here, 
I'll just, here, here's from a smart person, okay? This has to do with impeachment, but I'm not getting off into impeachment today. Um, but just as a matter of basic civics, this is a tweet I just came across this morning um, from Byron York. I'm sure y'all are familiar with Byron York. He's a smart guy. And he wrote this about impeachment. Quote, struck by people who angrily insist successful impeachment does not overturn results of an election. Voters elect a president. Successful impeachment removes that president. How is that not overturning result? Okay, so one of our favorite talking points on the right is to say that, oh, you can't impeach a president. That's overturning an election. And people respond to that and say, it's not overturning an election. Uh, and so that's what Byron York is responding to. How is that not overturning an election? We remove the president. That's overturning an election. Okay, so I, I posted this in reply. Um, here's why it's not overturning an election. It doesn't make Hillary Clinton president. If we're going to overturn the results of an election, it would make Hillary Clinton president. We're not doing that. But more importantly, when we vote for president, we elect a president to be president. At the same time, we also elect a vice president. The primary purpose of the vice president is to become president. If the president either resigns, dies while he's in office, becomes incapacitated, or is impeached and removed from office. That is the exact reason we elect a vice president. That is like 95% of the duties of the vice president is to sit around there waiting in the wings, doing nothing, going to funerals, doing ceremonial nonsense, just sitting there waiting in case the president dies or is impeached or is otherwise removed from office. That's it. That's his whole job. So we elect the vice president precisely for this reason. Hillary doesn't become president. Mike Pence would become president if Trump is removed from office. I'm not saying Trump should be removed from office. I'm just saying we're not overturning an election if Trump is removed from office. The election stands because the guy we voted to become president, if Trump is removed, will become president, just like we voted for. So it doesn't, it doesn't overturn the results of an election. Now, here's what's so... It's just basic civics. It's, 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 it's a stupid argument. And I just don't like stupid arguments on either side because you know what? Democrats were making the exact same stupid arguments when we were impeaching Bill Clinton. Exact same. And Republicans today are making all of the same absurd, stupid, constitutionally illiterate arguments that the Democrats were making back then. And this is what so annoys me. Things that we will say are stupid one day, we will say are brilliant the next day, depending upon who's in office. Is that really our view, that impeaching a president um, overturns an election? No. Well, it depends. Apparently, that's our view if the Republican is a president, because I guarantee you, no Republicans were making that argument when we were impeaching Bill Clinton. It just depends who's in office. That's how we derive our principles now. Our principles are completely malleable, depending upon who is in office. Now, we expect that from Democrats, but I, you know, I'm, we don't have a single party who can stick to principles and be honest. Look, you can be honest about what this is and what this is not and still oppose the impeachment of the president. That's fine. 
Why do we have to lie about the Constitution and say we're overturning an election? Why do you have to make that argument? Just argue why we shouldn't impeach the president. He didn't do anything wrong. This is not a high crime or misdemeanor. Whatever. Make the arguments on the facts. Let's not lie about what the Constitution says and what, what it does and doesn't do. I don't like disingenuous arguments, and I hear them all the time. And this is not this is not the big one. This is just, um, I just happened to see this right before I started recording the podcast. Let me, let me go to some more substantive stupid things that I, I hear people say. It just shows you. It shows you that people on our side don't know what they're talking about. Um, I opened Twitter. I was scrolling through, and I saw a, a comment pop up. Some somebody I never—I don't know who the hell they are. Just some somebody, and they were replying to to somebody that I follow on Twitter. And it was about it was in a chain of tweets about illegal immigration. And this guy was very very angry. His name is Dylan, and he was very very angry about illegal immigration. And he wrote, if every major metropolitan, what well, this? I don't know exactly what he's writing here because his, uh, he doesn't compose this tweet very well. In, I think he meant in, in every major metropolitan, it's a melting pot of free handouts to the illegal garbage that are running rapidly and growing while the legal American citizens are treated like second class. I am sick of it all. And then he replied with a follow-up tweet in which he he listed some things that he wanted to see done, the first of which is to cut off financing to states that support sanctuary cities, exclamation point. Oh, he's very angry about illegal, uh, illegal immigration, and he wants sanctuary cities defunded and all this other stuff. So I just uh, couldn't help but take the opportunity to politely let this guy, you know, remind this guy, or tell him for the first time more likely, that... Um, Trump just signed a bill last month that funds sanctuary cities. And um, he got very angry at me telling him that, and he blocked me. This is what I am talking about. This guy has MAGA and Trump all in his profile. He's all aboard the Trump train, and he's very illegal. He's very angry about illegal immigration. No doubt one of the major reasons he voted for Trump and he's very against sanctuary cities. Obviously had no idea that Trump just signed a bill fully funding sanctuary cities. And when you tell him that, he doesn't want to hear it. He blocks you. This is the problem with our side in, in, in this one example. This, this encapsulates our problem. There is no will whatsoever to face reality about what is going on in this country and not going on in this country. And there is no willingness to be truthful about what Trump is doing and not doing. And there is no willingness whatsoever to hold him accountable to his promises. This guy is all for shutting the border. This guy is all for deporting illegal aliens and cutting off funding to sanctuary cities. But he doesn't want to hear you criticize Trump at all. This is the problem. This is why we can't have an honest conversation about anything. And, and it's, it's, it's little cultists like this guy who now apparently make up the majority of the Republican Party. This is why we cannot pressure Trump to do these things that he promised to do and could do at any time. There is nothing preventing him from deporting illegal aliens en masse. Nothing. There is nothing preventing him 
from ordering the militaries to, to secure our southern border while we build the fence. There is nothing preventing him from going after employers who illegally hire illegal aliens. And the list goes on and on and on of the things he could do. Just shut down this phony asylum process under his statutory authority. There's so much that he could do. He's not doing. And we can't put any pressure on him to do it because our side doesn't want to hear it. They put their fingers in their ears. Or they do the equivalent of putting their fingers in their ear and they block you. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. All they want to hear is that Trump is the greatest president in American history. He's doing everything he can and Democrats suck. That's it. That's that's all they want to hear. If you say anything other than that, they don't want to hear it. They, they tune you out. They block you. Stick their fingers in your ear. They call you, uh, you know, fake MAGA and you're really just a plant for the Democrat Party and all this nonsense. This this is why the left is going to continue winning in this country because we do not have an effective political party to oppose what the left is doing. We do not we don't have a political party. We used to have two political parties. As pathetic as both those political parties were. Now we only have one political party. We have the Democrat party and we have a cult of personality on the right now. It is no longer a political party. It is a it is largely a cult which is organized around the ass-kissing of one single person. That's it. That's what we have. We no longer have an effective opposition party to the Democrats. And at, and because of that, the left will continue to win. And they're winning. Whether Trump is reelected or not, unless he starts doing these things, and at this point there's no indication that he is going to, he's certainly not going to do them in the first term. And to think that he's going to do them in the second term, I think is uh, ridiculous. He would pretty much be the first president in history uh, to do more in the second term than he did in the first. Whatever. Winning, right? So much winning. All right, here's another one because I posted something else about sanctuary cities. And I, I got a response from actually several people. But this one person wrote to me about sanctuary cities when I when I pointed out that Trump has just signed a bill to fund sanctuary cities. This person wrote... Federal appeals courts overturned Trump's orders against sanctuary cities, said it's unconstitutional, so he would have to fund them. This is where people on our side know a little bit, but they don't know everything. And the part that they don't know is where the problem lies. Yes, court has told Trump that he couldn't cut off the funding, but they have no understanding of why they told Trump that and what we can do about it in response to that court order. They have no idea. All they know is that Trump was blocked, and that's all they need to know. Because really, they don't they, they don't even want to know more. They just want to know, hey, is Trump to blame or not? Uh, no, a court told him he, he can't do it? Oh, good, I'm good then. That's fine with me. I really don't care. As long as Trump doesn't get blamed for funding sanctuary cities, it's not his fault, a court told him to do it, then I'm cool with sanctuary cities continuing to be fund, funded. That That's fine with me. All right, here's the truth about the situation. Congress passed a law signed by the president that uh, provided funding to sanctuary cities. Trump tried to unilaterally cut off that funding. He was sued. The court said, no, Trump can't do that. Congress appropriated this money for these sanctuary cities and and the president cannot just on his own cut off the funding. That is a correct decision. The presidents don't, 
that would be the president making law himself. He can't do that. His job is to execute the law. The law said this money is to go to sanctuary cities. So the president had to disperse that money to the sanctuary cities. However, the court did not say that the federal government must continue in future bills to fund sanctuary cities. No, just that because money had already been appropriated, then Trump had to disperse it. But in future bills, they could cut off the funding. There's no, there's no constitutional requirement that the federal government has to give money to states and localities. None whatsoever. But if you're going to give money to, to these states and localities, then the president can't just unilaterally on his own decide to stop giving them the money. No. But in future bills, we don't have to keep doing it. That's the point. So why do we keep doing it in bill after bill after bill? We just funded sanctuary cities again in this omnibus piece of crap that was signed last month, which Trump, you know, was bragging about for weeks. There was no requirement that we had to keep funding sanctuary cities. Fine. There was a bill that funded sanctuary cities. Fine. Trump has to continue dispersing that money. Fine. Once that money from that particular appropriation was all doled out, that's fine. Let that be the end of it. No more no more funding for sanctuary cities. We could have done that. We could have cut off funding to sanctuary cities. Just don't provide any more in future bills. No, we don't do that. Trump continues to, to, to sign bills funding sanctuary cities. See, that's the part that people don't get. All they hear is, a court told him he had to, but they have no idea why, they don't understand the reasoning, and they don't realize that Trump doesn't have to keep doing it. They think he has to fund sanctuary cities forever. Apparently, they think that the Constitution requires Congress and the President to give money to states and localities. For whatever, there's no such, there's no such uh, requirement in the Constitution to do that. We can cut it off right now. No, but this, this is where the ignorance on our side is a major hindrance. If you do not understand even the basics of the Constitution, then you cannot possibly understand what it is that the president has the power to do and what he, has, what he doesn't have the power to do. You don't, you don't have any idea. And if you don't have any idea, well, then you can't be an informed voter then you're just susceptible to the mindless cheerleading and, and the idiot talking points. The talking points, Trump can't do anything, the courts made him. That suffices for actually knowing about anything. This is the problem. Ignorance, look, it, there's ignorance all around. Like I said, I don't need to tell you how ignorant the left is. We all know this. And every other conservative podcaster, cable news host, radio guy, Every, they make their careers telling you that all the time. You don't need me to. Somebody's got to point out the ignorance on our own side because it's a major problem. We can't get anything done because of it. All we get is excuses. There's so much we can... Look, the courts are a problem. Just to go off on a tangent here, the courts are a major problem. There's no doubt about it. You know, the Constitution, the framers set up a system of checks and balances, right? In the Constitution. Three branches of government, divided power, each checking the power of the other. Okay? The Constitution set up the Supreme Court. Okay? 
They didn't set up any other courts. All the other courts in the federal judiciary, all the circuit courts, all the district courts, those are all creations of Congress. And yet, those are constantly checking the president. Do we have any serious conversation about whether or not these inferior courts even have the constitutional authority to order the president to do or not do something? How can courts that didn't even exist at the time of the founding exist when the Constitution was written? How is a lowly district court judge that was nothing but the creation of a law passed by Congress and signed by the president, how is that person more powerful than the president of the United States? And did you know that Congress can pass a law and the president can sign it at any time limiting the jurisdiction of all the courts, including the Supreme Court? If we wanted to, Congress could pass a law right now and the president could sign it, a law which prevents all circuit courts and district courts from issuing any rulings enjoining the action of the president. They could, they could do that right now. They could make nationwide injunctions by district court judges or even circuit court judges unconstitutional. Or, you know, just make that uh, not a legal remedy. They could do that right now. We can put an end to this. This is not an inherent power of the courts to issue nationwide injunctions and, and stop a president from taking action. We don't have to put up with this crap. There's so much more we can do. We can impeach these people. We'll do, we'll, do, we'll do some shows just talking about the courts. Because, yes, it's a major, major problem, and people on our side don't have the first clue about the Constitution, about the power of the courts, what they can do, what they can't do, how what they are doing right now is, is grossly in violation of the Constitution. And we just sit back and take it. We don't even talk about it. We, just, we have just accepted the notion of judicial supremacy, and we use it as an excuse. And people on our side happily use it as an excuse in order to defend Trump. Well, he can't do that. The courts told him not to. And not only that, not only will people on our side tell you, well, Trump can't do that. He tried that, and the court told him he can't do it. They, get, they use that as an excuse in advance now. When you say, Trump needs to do this. You know, you point out something he hasn't done. He hasn't even tried. He needs to do this. He has the power to do this. You get excuses in advance. Well, he can't do that. The courts will just shut him down. Oh, so we shouldn't even freaking try now? It's unbelievable. This is why we can't get anything done. This is why the invasion continues and has gotten worse since Trump took office. And the Republican Party doesn't even care. You know, in many ways... Not in all ways, but in many ways, things, some things would actually be better if Hillary had won. Because if Hillary had won, the Republican Party would have opposed a lot of this crap. But because Trump is doing it, we just accept it. Whatever. Um, I'm not, not saying that it would have been better to elect Hillary. Certainly not. Um, if for no other reason than the courts. But I'm just, my, my point is not about Trump versus Hillary. My point is the Republican Party and how we how we behave to those how we react to those in power. If Hillary Clinton were doing half the crap that Trump is allowing to be done right now, we would be up in arms. Are you kidding me? 
$1.3 trillion deficit last year, $500, billion, uh, $500 million for Planned Parenthood in just one bill? Planned Parenthood last year, 2019, received more taxpayer money than any time in their history and used it to kill more babies than any time in their history. If that had happened when Hillary Clinton was president, we'd be up in arms. But because Trump is president, we don't care. There is not a single issue that we pretend to care about that we will stand on principle and fight for if it means we'd have to criticize Trump. Not a single one. We will put any principle, any issue aside in blind obedience and service to Trump because this is not a political party anymore. Like I said, it's not a party based on issues or principle. It is a cult of personality party dedicated to praising a single person and making excuses for him. That's it. That's that's what this party has become. Okay, do I have anything else I want to talk about here? Um, okay, that will do it for this segment. Let me move on. Okay, <clears throat> let me say a few words about this Second Amendment rally that took place on Monday in Virginia. As you know, Virginia used to be a solid red state up until very, very recently. And now it is almost a solid blue state. It is pretty firmly in the Democrat camp and turning a deeper and deeper shade of blue with each passing day, largely from immigration. There are, you know, there is a factor at work. In, in Northern Virginia, with the massive expansion of the federal government, a lot of government workers, most of whom are leftists, uh, living in Northern Virginia. But by and large, it's Im immigration. Like, hands down, nothing else is even a distant close second. And like many other states, California, Nevada, Colorado, so many others that were once solid red states, it has flipped, blue, it flipped to blue because of immigration. That's Virginia. And feeling their oats now that they control everything in Virginia, the Democrats have pushed through all kinds of authoritarian gun control laws. And there's uh, talk of confiscation and all this. And there's sort of a, a, a bit of a political revolt brewing in, in some of the red counties <clears throat> in the rural areas of the state. You know, some actual patriotic constitutionalist uh, sheriffs and, and such uh, saying that they're not going to enforce these unconstitutional gun control laws. You know, they're, they're Second Amendment sanctuaries, so to speak. And so there's this growing anger among conservatives and gun owners and Second Amendment supporters in the state of Virginia as a backlash to all these authoritarian gun grabbing schemes of the Democrats. And as a culmination of that, there was a rally, protest rally in Richmond on Monday. And it was, uh, as rallies go, it was very successful. It was peaceful because, you know, unlike the left, when conservatives rally, there's no violence. Uh, there's not even any littering. We pick up after ourselves. Um, I'm sure it was a very pleasant event. A, lo a lot of good people there. I mean, these are not leftists. Leftists are hateful, angry people, miserable human sacks of shit 
who just hate everything, especially their country, and they show up and they're angry and they have no respect for anyone. They show up in masks and it often turns violent. They always make a damn mess. You know, all these people who, the same ones who will lecture you about saving the planet and climate change and all this, they, they come and they go and they leave tons of garbage in their wake. Not so with Republicans. So I'm sure that it was an absolutely pleasant event and, and a good experience for everyone who attended. Now, what I want to talk about is the political realities of it, what it did and didn't do. Now, I hate, actually, you know what? I have something that I'd like to, to play off of. Okay, so <clears throat> on the day of this, this rally and uh, the day afterward, on social media, I saw a lot of, you know, excitement from people on the right over this rally, um, you know, celebrating it, that that it is showing that the tide is turning, um, you know, we can beat back the Democrats and all this. And uh, I just, here's a tweet from someone, and this, this, this is a good example of it, and I don't know if the person who wrote this listens to this podcast or not, and if you do, if you recognize this tweet as being yours, please understand I'm not... Um, mocking you or criticizing you here. Uh, here, Here's what this person wrote. The rally for the Second Amendment by Virginia Patriots was a resounding, invigorating success. It was a monumental day. Only the bitterest of black pillars, incapable of understanding how the political winds are shifting, will fail to celebrate. Okay, so um, I... (laughs) Allow me to to be a black pillar here for a second. A, a black pillar apparently is um, someone who uh, has to throw cold water on something and look at the negative side of things. I'm not looking at a negative side really in being a black pillar here. I, I'm, I'm being a realist. Unfortunately, talking reality today is uh, almost by definition a sort of a pessimistic sort of endeavor. But he, here's my thing. Look, I'm very glad to see this rally. That's wonderful. Um, I'm glad that it was a success and there was no problems. That's wonderful too. Um, but if you ex- if you take from this the idea that the political winds are shifting and the tide has turning, the tide has started to turn and we are going to now be defeating Democrats everywhere and turning back uh, these gun control efforts, I believe that you're hopelessly naive. Do not make more of this rally than what it is. It was a rally by concerned patriots who are tired of being pushed around, who take, who take their Second Amendment rights seriously, and they did the only thing that they, they think that they can do, really, um, outside of voting, and that is to, to, to exercise their First Amendment rights and uh, and come to this rally and let their voices be heard in that way. And that's great. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to shit on that in any way. But this is not evidence of some major political shift. Okay? Relatively speaking, in the state of Virginia, this is a small group of people. A small group of people. Uh, probably most of them, I mean, look, if they're active enough on the Second Amendment. People who care deeply about the Second Amendment, 
most of them are very committed voters. They vote. They turn out and vote. Okay? So probably 99% or some very high percentage of the people who attended this rally voted in the last election and the election before that and voted for Republicans. These are not a group of new voters coming out and we're, you know, we got all these new voters up in arms and we're going to vote the Democrats out. Don't, you cannot make that leap. This is, these are people who probably voted for Republicans last time and who were pissed off and came out to express their frustration and anger over this. And that's all it was. Don't read more into it. Look, you don't often, see, the thing is, you don't often see conservatives rally. And so when conservatives do rally, it's a big deal for us. You know, the leftists rally and protest all the damn time. You know, they can't stop themselves from protest. Well, most of them don't have jobs. So, you know, they got plenty of time on their hands. They're also, many of them are paid to do it. Lots of them are college students. So uh, most of the people who show up at Democrat rallies have nothing better to do anyway. And they, they do this. You know, it's no big deal to go to a rally if you're a Democrat. Republicans, on the other hand, they have lives, they have jobs, they don't have time for this stuff. So when we actually turn out and rally, it's a big deal because it doesn't happen often. And so our first response is to, to read more into it than what it actually is. Look, we have occasionally come out en masse at protests and rallies. Remember back in... 2008, 2009, 2010, the Tea Party movement. Okay, the rallies that we saw in connection with the Tea Party movement, you know, dwarfed, you know, dwarfed this Second Amendment rally in Virginia. I mean, we had them all over the country. I went to one in, in San Antonio. It was huge. They happened all over the country. Uh, but what did that change? It didn't change anything. And, and it petered out and died and whatever. But the point is, that it, just like here, it was a group of, of pissed off, fed up patriots who are politically engaged, almost all of, who had, all of whom had voted in the previous election, and they came out to express their frustration. You know, the Tea Party movement actually began under George W. Bush and spilled over into the beginning of the Obama administration. This actually sprung up as a result of what Bush was doing and how the expansive government um, was occurring under Bush. See, this is what I'm telling you. We used to push back against Republican presidents. We don't do that anymore. Do you think for a second that there'd be rallies, conservative rallies against anything Trump is doing? No, it would never happen. Well, whatever, I don't want to get off on that tangent. But the point is, we've seen this before where conservatives rally in much greater numbers, and it, it wasn't indicative of any kind of uh, real change. So don't read too much into it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you think that this is going to dissuade Democrats long-term from pushing for gun control? Of course not. They don't care what you think. Here's what is going to happen if we don't put an end to illegal immigration and, and, and immigration as well. We're going to lose more states and more states. Democrats are going to get more power and they're, they're going to implement this stuff and they couldn't care less about our rallies. They don't care. Fine. Let those ignorant rednecks, 
You know, this is them speaking, not me. Let those ignorant rednecks have their stupid little rally. We're still passing these laws and we're going to confiscate their guns. And if you don't think that they could implement confiscate gun confiscation because we patriots won't tolerate it, uh, they, they can. And if we don't stop the political trends that are happening in this country right now, they will. They will. I will talk about that more. I've talked about it before in, in uh, at least one previous episode. I explained exactly how gun confiscation could happen, how it could be made legal, and how they actually would do it. And there's not going to be a second civil war. I mean, the, these are things we tell ourselves to kind of um, you know, not come to grips with the reality of what's going on. Look, ultimately, there is only one way to prevent what the Democrats seek to impose on us. There's only one way to prevent it. It's to outvote these people and then to hold the people we elect accountable for the promises that they made to us in order to get elected. That's what needs to happen. Now, we have been successful recently in electing people. We have Trump in office. Where we fall down is holding them accountable to the promises they made. We are happy just with them being in office. And then we throw up our hands. We're winning because our guy is there. Meanwhile, the left continues to win. Look, we got a $1.3 trillion deficit last year alone. Tell me how successful those Tea Party movements were. Did it slow the growth? That was all about the growth of government and, and massive federal spending. Did the Tea Party movement, as, as big and successful as, as they were, look, even they were even successful in electing Republicans. Remember what happened in, the tw- in 2010 and then again in 2014, the Barack Obama midterm elections? Republicans won huge, especially in 2010. That was, that was largely... Uh, from the momentum based on the Tea Party movement. What did it result in? No actual tangible benefits other than having Republicans in office. The government continued to explode in size. And look where we are now. It's bigger than ever. We're spending more money than at any time in our history. And we have our guy in office. The guy we, you know, many people think, still think that is our political savior. Only Trump could do it. He's a businessman. He's an outsider. He's the only one who could gut through the D.C. swamp and blah, 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 blah. Government bigger than ever. We're spending more than ever. Our borders are wide open. Three million illegal aliens since he took office. 400,000 anchor babies last year alone. In every measurable way, every major way that really matters, other than some good things going on in the economy, in every major way, we are losing and the left is gaining. In every way that matters, especially to the long term. Things like, uh, you know, illegal immigration are far more important as an impact on the future of the country than the economy. And in, in, in every way, every measurable way, the left is winning while we think we're winning just because our guy is in office. So my point is, look, I'm glad to see the Second Amendment thing, but... Don't read, because I see people, part of the problem with people on our side is that they, they're complacent. 
because they think we're winning. And they look for, for every opportunity, everything that they can point to to say, see, that's proof that we're winning. And what I saw on social media in, in reaction to this rally in Virginia was people just, everyone was excited on the right. So there's so much people were just saying, see, the, we're winning, we're turning it around. No. I hope we are, but I, I don't see any evidence of it. This is not evidence of it. And if this adds to the complacency, because part of the problem is people are, are, are complacent telling, telling each other, telling our, ourselves that we're winning. If this further, further embolden, emboldens us, I'm getting tongue-tied here. If this further emboldens us in our complacency, makes us more complacent, then this actually does damage to us. Do not be complacent. Do not take this as evidence that we're winning. See, we don't really have to do anything. All we have to do is reelect Trump because we're winning so thoroughly. No, we are not winning. This is not evidence that we're winning. And if you use this as a, as a reason to be, to be complacent and tell yourself that we're winning, even when we're not, then this is actually detrimental to the cause. That was my only point about it. Um, but again, look, I'm glad to see it. I am. But just there's only one way to, to win this. And that's with numbers. And that's why we're losing. Because they're winning in the numbers. Each day, their numbers grow relative to ours. And importantly, in the red states. All right, let me shift gears for a moment here to round out the program. Last topic of the day. Uh, let me talk about Joe Biden for a minute. All right, um... <laughs> I really am surprised that this guy is still in the race. But that just shows you how weak the Democrat field is. The fact that this doddering old fool is still in the race. Everybody knows that this guy no longer possesses the mental capacity for this job. And I don't mean this as an attack on Biden. Uh, look, he's suffering from the ravages of age. Uh, hopefully we'll all live long enough. Uh, well, not that we suffer the ravages, but we might ourselves one day go through the same thing. And so it's, I'm not making fun of that, but it's, it's clear that he is. Time has taken a toll on old gropey Joe's mind. He's not all there. He, ne he was never all there to begin with, but he's even less so now. Uh, but the fact that this guy is still leading the pack or right close to leading the pack that's just just shows you how pathetic the democrat field is and by the way now i'm not going to get off on that tangent i'm already going long okay joe biden this is up on markpantano.com he was uh, recently pandering to illegal aliens as he uh, often does and uh he promised that under his administration if he is elected president we're not going to be deporting illegal aliens for drunk driving he does not consider that a serious offense. Um, he, he said this, that immigration agents should only arrest for the purpose of dealing with a felony that's committed in the United States. And I don't count drunk driving as a felony. We're not going to deport anybody who has not in this country committed a felony. All right, so apparently, I guess by, by what he said here, if they have committed felonies in other countries, well, then come on in. We don't have a problem with that. You just can't commit a felony here. You commit as many felonies as you want in Mexico, and, and you're still cool. Come on over. 
and we'll, we'll sign you up for healthcare and welfare and all that stuff. So you're, you're good. Just don't commit any felonies here. And uh, I don't, we, we don't consider drunk driving to be a felony. Now, first of all, drunk driving can be a felony um, in most places, depending upon how many prior convictions for drunk driving you have. I used to be a felony prosecutor at one point in time, only dealt with felonies, and I prosecuted a lot of drunk driving cases because in Texas, if you have two prior drunk driving convictions, the third one is a felony. It gets you two to 10 years in prison. That's pretty serious stuff, right? So it is a serious case, drunk driving. And how many people are killed on our streets every year by drunk drivers? And and not only that, among illegal aliens, the incidence of drunk driving is far higher than American citizens. Far higher. There is a cultural difference that accounts for this. It, it, it is amazing. Anyone who has served as a, a prosecutor or even a defense attorney, practiced in criminal law, knows that there are certain areas of, of criminal activity where illegal aliens constitute a much greater percentage than Americans committing those crimes. Drunk driving is one of them. I don't know if it's like a national sport in Mexico and these other Central American countries or something. I mean, judging by the numbers, you would think it's like their national pastime. Another one of these areas of the criminal law is sexual assault, especially of children. Um, The numbers uh, don't lie. Illegal aliens constitute a a disproportionate share of of crimes committed in both those areas. Uh, But to Joe Biden, it doesn't matter. He doesn't think drunk driving is a serious crime, even though it results in the deaths of thousands every single year on our streets. And it doesn't matter if it's the first time you're driving drunk or the 50th time you're driving drunk. It doesn't matter. You can kill somebody on the very first time you drive drunk. It's not a joke. It's not a minor offense, whether it's categorized as a felony or not. It's serious, deadly business. And first of all, we should be deporting every illegal alien, whether they've ever committed another crime or not. We certainly shouldn't be saying, hey, come in and feel free to drink and get behind the wheel. I'm not going to deport you. Honestly, what kind of lawless statement is that for someone who seeks to be president of the United States? Now, look, we largely don't deport anybody now with Trump in office, but at least he's not saying that it's okay to commit, you know, drunk driving and we're not going to do anything about it. Just, just, just a disgusting statement. But this is what Democrats feel they got to do. They have to pander to what they see as their future voting block, illegal aliens. And they want as many of them here as possible. I told you yesterday, they don't care about anything except raw political power their own personal political fortunes. They couldn't care less about anything else. They don't care if it results in the death of thousands of American citizens at the hands of drunk driving illegal aliens. As long as their asses get elected, that's all they care about. And getting as many illegal aliens into this country as possible and and deporting as few of them as possible and coming up with every reason in the book to not deport them, that's what the Democrats will do. I got one other thing from Joe Biden here. More pandering to illegal aliens. Let me see here. 
Okay, this might not be really easy to hear, but this is Joe Biden telling a group of voters in Iowa that in many ways, illegal aliens who have uh, benefited from Barack Obama's unconstitutional DACA program, that these illegal aliens in many ways are better and more American than American citizens. So here is uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. These kids have come, they've done well. Most of these kids, there's, over, there's a lot of them and they're not just Hispanic or uh, Asian Pacific Islanders as well. And they in fact have done very, very well. In many cases, they're more Americans than most Americans are because they have done well in school. They believe what they, the basic principles that we all share. I think they should be, in fact, fine, put on a path to citizenship. Okay. Um, there you have it. There are certain illegal aliens who are more American than American citizens, many of them, according to former vice president and uh, someone who wishes to be the next president, Joe Biden. What an absolutely disgusting thing uh, to say. Now, look. Here's the truth. There are many young people who are illegal aliens who really did come to this country through no fault of their own. Their dirtbag illegal alien criminal parents violated our sovereignty, violated our federal laws, and dragged them over here when they were young. That's not their fault. I get it. That's their scumbag parents' fault. It's not theirs. And, and uh, these kids, many of them are good, decent kids. Uh, many of them have worked hard in school and, and really are as American as other kids. And I feel bad for them because uh, what was done to them by their shitball parents uh, was horrible. And now they're in this horrible position of having grown up in this country. They don't know anything from about the country they came from, depending upon what age you know they were brought here. Now, some of these kids came here when they were 16, 18 years old. I, I, I don't as mu have as much sympathy for them. But the kid who was brought over when they were two years old, you know, they don't know anything about the country they came from. They're, they only know this country. So I get it. And, and, and those cases, those kids, it is um, a difficult position emotionally to try to deal with because you feel for these kids. But, you know, there's a saying, bad cases make bad law. The problem is there's this there's this push to give amnesty and as Joe Biden says here citizenship to all of these kids and we're talking millions we're talking millions of these kids that would be a huge mistake and uh, we need to oppose it as much as I feel sorry for these individual kids not a damn one of them should get amnesty and certainly citizenship but they shouldn't get any of it I feel bad for them. They're in a very difficult position, but they need to take that up with their parents. But we shouldn't give them amnesty. And the reason is not because we want to punish them, but because of what it will do to the future and the message that it sends to future people who want to come to this country. What we know as a fact from past amnesties is that it begets more illegal immigration. It encourages more illegal immigration. You give them amnesty and, and citizenship, you are only sending a message to the rest of the world that, hey, just get here, 
bring your kids, and eventually you're going to get amnesty and citizenship. And of course, the whole panoply of welfare benefits that we give to you. So just come here. That's the message that it sends. And so this is a bad situation for these kids. It's a bad fact situation. And if we give amnesty, then that would be a huge mistake. Bad facts make bad law. Bad cases make bad law. These are bad cases. Let's not make bad law because we feel bad for these kids. Sometimes, you know, you have to do what's right for the country, uh, no matter how bad you might feel for these individual kids. And I do feel sympathy for them. But that's not the basis on which you make public policy for a nation. You don't destroy your country's future and encourage wave upon wave of millions and millions of future illegal aliens just because you feel bad for these kids. All right. Um, but look, I mentioned this yesterday. Why do Democrats take this position on illegal immigration? Why does Joe Biden say crap like this? Why are we talking about giving citizenship to illegal aliens? Why are we t telling illegal aliens, hey, we're not going to deport you if you commit, if you're arrested for drunk driving? We're not going to deport you for that. We don't consider that to be serious. Why do we do that? Why are they giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens? Why are they encouraging illegal aliens to vote illegally? Well, of course, we know there's a reason for that. But why are we, they doing all these other things? Look, Democrats live in the same communities that we do. Democrats get victimized by illegal aliens just as the rest of us do. They don't discriminate. We're all affected negatively by this. Why do Democrats put their own families at risk? Why do they jeopardize the future of their own country like this? The reason is, as I've told you, they don't care about a damn thing other than their own personal political futures and raw political power. That's it. That's all they care about. Now, as I said yesterday, it wasn't long ago that Democrats were all opposed to illegal immigration. Hell, even people that they celebrate, like uh, Cesar Chavez, you know, the um, head of the, the Farm Workers Union, uh, who, we, we, who is now like an icon of the illegal immigration left, that guy was adamantly opposed to illegal aliens. He, he didn't want, he, he detested them. He wanted them all deported because it brought down the wages and damaged the futures of American Latinos working in the fields because it suppressed wages. He was against it, but now we celebrate him as an, as an open borders advocate. That's bull. But truth doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, Democrats, up until recently, they were adamantly opposed to illegal immigration. Bill Clinton himself was adamantly opposed to illegal immigration. It's only a recent phenomenon that Democrats want open borders and amnesty. And the reason for it is, and I mentioned this yesterday, and then this morning I found this article which proved what I said yesterday. Here's the headline. Union membership falls to record low of 10.3%. That's your reason. That's your reason right there. That coupled with some other political dynamics at, at work in the country. But that's the reason. It's a voting block. They need to think about their future voting block, their constituency. 
For a long time, unions were the backbone of the Democrat Party. And up until very recently, up until the 90s, Democrats uh, were beholden to labor unions. Okay? Uh, the labor unions in many ways controlled the Democrat Party. It was their most important um, interest, special interest group, were these labor unions. But as union membership has fallen so precipitously over the last few decades, now, it, it now makes up the lowest percentage of the workforce in history, down to 10.3%. That's your reason. They, they no longer have all these millions and millions and millions of union workers from which they can, can compel to pay dues and then give to the Democrat Party and churn out all their members and make sure they all vote for Democrats. So they, the unions no longer are as an important part of the Democrat coalition as, as they once were. And so Democrats need to replace union members and, you know, other groups that they're losing, um, like whites, middle-class whites in general, uh, because they have so thoroughly embraced identity politics and have, have so thoroughly turned off uh, so many middle-class white voters uh, with their extremism and their bigotry. Um, so you couple those things, and they, they have lost a lot of their base. And so they need a new base. And who do they see as the future of their party? Illegal aliens. And that explains to you why they are doing everything that they are doing. They know. See, this is the thing. This is Democrats only need to just be patient and they're going to run it all. They don't even need to be this hysterical over Donald Trump. They, they, they don't. All they really need to do is just sit back because it's just a matter of time and it's not too far off. Another four years, eight years at the absolute most, and they're going to run this whole place. They're going to have complete control of the federal government. Republicans are going to be a minority party that only has strengths in, in, in strength in a few regions of the country. That's it, largely in, in rural areas. But the rural areas are shrinking. The urban areas are exploding. The Democrats are gaining in power. The Republicans are losing their power. And they're losing red state after red state after red state. Democrats need only bide their time, and they're going to control it all. So they, they don't, they don't uh, to me, this impeachment stuff, the, the Mueller stuff, them, them freaking out over every single thing Trump says or does, it's... They know that they're about they're on the verge of winning everything. They know this. See, because they know that the illegal aliens who are here, 30 to 50 million or whoever knows how many, they know that they're never going to be deported. And they know that it's only a matter of time before all of them get amnesty and all of them get citizenship. They know this. Now, they would love to have it done right now, but they can't right now. But they know it's just a matter of time. And let me tell you something, um, just as an aside, you know, you, you think there's so much winning and you, you think once you, you're telling yourself, yeah, Trump hasn't done everything he can on illegal immigration, but just wait for the second term. That's when he's really going to go pedal to the metal. Uh, I hope that's true, but I seriously doubt it. Uh, I think what's going to happen is we're going to get a massive, uh, comprehensive, as it were, immigration reform, including a massive amnesty, at least for, for, uh, DACA kids, which will actually be end up being the biggest amnesty in history. Uh, that's what I fully expect. That and gun control at the federal level. 
that's what I think you can expect from a Trump second term. He's already given every indication in the world uh, that that's what he wants to do. He, he, he's pretty much told you. All you got to do is listen to him. But people don't listen to what he actually says. That's, that's the other problem with people on our side. Um, if you even tell them, you remind them things Trump actually said, they attack you for it. Like I just recently reminded someone because they were talking about the Democrats and gun grabbing and all this. And I reminded them that uh, Trump himself uh, said that we should take the guns first and go through due process second. Uh, nobody who respects the Second Amendment, who respects the Constitution, who respects due process. If, if you deprive someone of their right first and then go through due process, that is by definition not due process. That is the exact opposite of due process. Anyone who says something like that has no respect for due process or the Second Amendment. Yet Trump said that on camera uh, from the cabinet room. And uh, you remind anyone of that and they attack you. Uh, you are a never-Trumper and uh, whatever else, whatever nonsense they, uh, they want to say. So, but anyways... Democrats know that the 30 to 50 or however many millions of illegal aliens who are here are not going to be deported. Not in any serious numbers. We might have some deportations for show now and then. Like remember six months ago or so, sometime over the summer or spring, Trump made a big deal in a series of tweets and statements that he was going to begin mass deportations. You know, he was going to send out these teams of, uh, you know, they were going to do ice raids all across the country and do mass deportations. Remember that? He even gave us a date. And that date came and went, and then he changed his mind. No no mass deportations. So, and even if he had, that would have just been a, a show for public consu consumption. We're not really going to deport anybody in any serious numbers. Democrats know this. And they know that eventually there's going to be amnesty, whether a Republican does it or a Democrat does it. And eventually, Democrats are going to control the whole shoot and match anyway. So they'll just be able to amnesty whoever the hell they want, however many millions uh, they want. And they know this because they're already here. The bodies are here. The, the votes are here. All they need is amnesty and citizenship. And then Democrats have just added tens of millions of voters to their column. Can you imagine if Democrats in the blink of an eye get 20 million net new votes? What, what becomes of the Republican Party then? It is decimated. The Republican Party is over. We will be a one-party nation. Democrats will have complete control for at least generations. The, the Republicans uh, you know, might not even exist as a party after that. That's what will happen if the Democrats get amnesty and citizenship for the illegal aliens who are already here. That's what I'm telling you. Even if we completely stop illegal immigration right now, we don't let another single illegal alien come into this country, we're still done and over unless we get rid of the ones who are here already because amnesty and citizenship is coming. Look, if Democrats right now in the states they control are giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens and passing laws which automatically register illegal aliens to vote, if they're being that brazen right now, which they are, and we're not even saying anything about it. Trump is president. He's not even saying a word about it. If they're being that brazen right now, what do you think they're going to be like when uh, they control the whole thing because we've lost Florida, we've lost Georgia, we've lost North Carolina, we've lost Arizona, we lost Texas, and, and, and they have a lock on the presidency for generations. How much do you think they will be emboldened at that time? 
how how brazen will the, will their uh, push for citizenship and amnesty for illegal aliens be at that time? Oh my lord, we are going to get mass amnesty and citizenship for tens of millions of illegal aliens. That's what's going to happen. Democrats know this. Democrats know it. That's why they are pandering to illegal aliens now. And and many of them are voting in our elections right now. As I said, every place, first of all, there's 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 illegal voting everywhere in every state, no matter what the laws. We know this. Democrats have entire operations, you know, entire vote harvesting operations to get illegal aliens to vote in our elections. It, it's happening all over the country anyway. But now in states where we're giving driver's license to illegal driver's licenses to illegal aliens, forget about it. How easy is it to vote in our elections? If you are, uh, you have a driver's license, you show up with a driver's license and an electric bill. There's no place in the country that's going to turn you away and deny your right to vote, especially if you're in a, mi- a minority. Forget about it. So voting, illegal aliens are voting right now in mass. And so when Joe Biden and these other Democrats pander to illegal aliens, they're not just pandering to future voters. They're pandering to current voters. But they're also laying the groundwork for when that amnesty, that massive amnesty and, and, and citizenship comes. And they're all suddenly legal voters. They're laying the groundwork into that, that voting block right now. They're, they think the long game. You know, they're playing the long game. And they have been for a while now. We don't play the long game. We play today. We play the next election. All we care about is Trump. That's it. That's all we care about. We don't really care about illegal immigration anymore. We don't really care about vote fraud anymore. Only, you know, to the extent that it might hurt Trump. That's it. We don't really care about any of this anymore. We have $1.3 trillion deficit. $23 trillion debt. Ah, who cares? Trump's in office. We're winning. We're not winning. We're not winning. We're losing. People on our side just don't freaking realize it yet. But we are. And one day, they're going to wake up, and they're going to say to themselves, What happened? I thought we were winning. And those of us who have been trying to warn everybody that we're not winning, and we better take this stuff seriously, and we better use the power that we have right now with the guy that we put in office, we better start doing this right now to prevent what's coming. We're going to be sitting here, and we're going to say, Where the hell were you people? I've been trying to tell you this for years I've been telling you we're about to lose the country. I've been telling you we're about to lose Texas and Georgia and Arizona and North Carolina and Florida and all these other states. I've been trying to tell you that the 30 to 50 million illegal aliens in this country already are going to totally wipe out the the Republican Party and give Democrats complete control for generations. I've been telling you this. And what, what did I get in response? I got personally attacked. People stick their fingers in their ear. They block me. They call me all sorts of... This is what we get. Those of us who are trying to sound the alarm and trying to wake people on our side up and trying to pressure the president that we elected to stop all this, to actually do what he can and use the power that we gave him with our vote to use the power of his office to do these things. We're the ones who get attacked. Meanwhile, the cheerleaders, the sycophants, the ass kissers, the Rush Limbaugh's, the Sean Hannity's, the Dan Bongino's, and yes, I'm sad to say, even the Mark Levin's of the world, they're just, they couldn't care less. They don't talk about this stuff. They're just chasing the shiny object. All you get is impeachment right now. Impeachment, 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 impeachment. Why? Because their ratings are booming. 
Man, their books are flying off the shelf. And and President Trump loves them. President Trump loves them. Do you know how much it strokes the ego of anybody to get a, a shout out from the president, praise from the president of the United States? And do you have any idea how much money that means for your pocket when the president tweets out um, that you're the great one or, you know, buy this person's book? Or listen to this person's radio show. Yeah, do you have any idea how many listeners, viewers, readers, clicks, money, how much that means to you? That's why these people couldn't care less about the country either. Because they're not using their platforms to bang the pots and pans, to sound the alarm, to try to wake people on our side up. No, they don't care. They care only about their ratings and getting praised by the president of the United States. That's what they, they care about. And the problem is that people on our side, this is where they get their information. Fox News, talk radio, these places. I mean, when you put Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, and Fox News together, do you know how many tens of millions of Republicans get their information from those sources? It's, it's staggering. It's really staggering. They get their information and their political opinions from these people. And, uh, and they're being told that we're winning. They're being told, don't focus on any issues, just, just focus on impeachment. Why are we spending so much time focusing on impeachment? Even for those of you who are, you know, think that the, the world will rise or fall based on whether Trump is, is impeached. Still, what do we need to pay so, so much attention to this? He's not going to be removed. Okay? We all know this. So why are we fixated on it so much? Let the stupid thing play out in the background. It'll be over soon. In the, mean, in the meantime, Democrats are passing laws giving illegal aliens the right to vote. And we're too busy chasing the shiny object over here. Impeachment, impeachment. This is unconstitutional. Stupid Adam Schiff and his pencil neck. That, that's what we care about. We care about pencil neck Adam Schiff and whatever insult Trump tweets out on his Twitter feed. That's what we care about. Meanwhile, the left is winning. So, all right, that's it. Uh, I've ranted enough today. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to do the, the uh, podcast tomorrow, uh, but I will definitely be back in force next week. I'll have at least two or three episodes come out next week. At least that's my plan at this point, if not more. I'm going to be doing the podcast more often. And like I said, my focus is going to be on issues. I'm, I'm, I'm done covering this impeachment crap unless something uh, that needs to be addressed um, comes up and I need to address it. But other than that, we are, we are on the issues. We're on the issues and we're on uh, dealing with our primary problem, which is uh, the ignorance on our own side and the mindless political cheerleading. Of people on our own side. If we do not get our party in order, if we do not fix up our own party, we have no chance of defeating the left and stopping what's coming to turn this ship and change course. We have no chance. We need a vehicle through which to do this. And right now, the only chance we have is the Republican Party, but the Republican Party is, is at this point, a lost cause. It, it's, it's a cult party. Um, focused on the shiny object, impeachment, or whatever the next one is. So we've got to wake people up, and uh, in, in whatever small way I can help to do that, that's what we're going to do. 
You get enough of the garbage elsewhere. We're going to do the important stuff here. So thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, continue to fight the left and wake up the ignorant sheep on our side like your freedom depends on it. Because it does.